0: Hey y'all, this week on the Rise podcast, I am having a conversation with my brilliant friend, best-selling author and financial advisor, David Bach. David and his family have been living this season in Italy, so he has a very unique perspective on the things that we're about to see here in the U.S., We talk about mindset and how important it is to master your perspective during hard seasons and how to teach your kids to do the same. For any of you who are struggling with financial anxiety based on what is going on in the world right now, this is a conversation for you. And make sure that you stick around until the end of the episode where I introduce a new segment for our next 90 days challenge. Each week, I'll be previewing a bit of my exclusive teaching on the week's topic. This week is all about, you guessed it, perspective. Why perspective is so important and why it's something that we really need to get a handle on right now. If you want to sign up for next 90 days, you'll get access to the full class plus a bunch of other fun content and you'll join a community from around the world who are dedicated to coming out on the other side of things better than before. And as always, the content that we create inside of our challenge is 100% free. So literally it's just an email and you get all the good stuff. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is The Rise Podcast. Uh, How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. I mean, my gosh, all things considered, you know, I'm on 15 day of this radical sabbatical
0: called the quarantine. <laughs> so bananas.
1: How many days have you guys been on quarantine? Uh, self- gosh.
0: Okay. So I guess I should start tracking it. So we started self-quarantining, um, we're in our second week, I guess. Okay. Mi- I, it's one of those things where like the time is running together. So I don't actually know at this point. <laughs> Has it been three it's weeks too? Isn't it weird? It's, yeah, it's kind of a surreal time. It's very um, surreal.
1: So you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to do chit chatting before we do the podcast or uh, how much time you have got. But yeah. yeah there's, uh, how How are you guys? How's the family? How are the kids holding up?
0: Uh, great. They're great. Uh, I think that it 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 was a really interesting thing because it started when we were um when we were supposed to be on spring break with them. So they were anticipating being out of school for a week. Anyhow, we were going to go to Hawaii and then obviously we're not able to. And so we stayed at home and tried to make it as fun as we could at home. And that was our first week of working from home. And so we just kind of did all the things at once. Um, I feel like I've been through every, you know, emotion you can imagine. I'm sure you've been through 10 times that at this point. Um, But yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, you know, the
1: amazing thing is that you guys were able to get the um Rise conference off right before the uh, doors sort the, of shut on the world, so right?
0: Cra- Even one week later You we wouldn't be ha- able to do yeah, it. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do it. No. Um, and, and what's so insane is that that when we went into Toronto, it was still this like thing that was happening ish, but that we weren't super aware of does does that make sense like we, it, yeah i mean still the only this, like, reason i'm so thing. aware of
1: this and a lot of this when we talk about it is because i'm in italy which is four weeks ahead of the world yes, right so yeah. unless i have been in china there's you know there's no way you, you don't really know what's going on right yes, like yeah. we saw it here starting in february so um i remember talking to dave and being like are you gonna do your tour And he's like well, yeah we're gonna do the tour and i was thinking huh i wonder if you'll really be able to do the tour <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> so- i said to him a couple days out hey, man, I really think we need to think about this. And he was like, no, like you're being negative. This is not whatever. And then <laughs> literally the next day, he was like, oh, Rachel, I think we're gonna have to cancel this. I was like, yeah, babe. Yeah, I know. I no. love telling you you're being negative. Uh-huh. He's the positive exactly, one. Exactly. Right. Right?
1: right. He's not uh, so, out
0: of his own way. <laughs> yes, exactly. But will you, um, I sort of love a podcast that's just this like this real conversation. Um, And I'd love to keep this in there if you're fine with just sort of this kind of opener as us chatting. Great. Um, So then I want to ask for listeners who are not aware of your story. Will you talk about how you ended up in Italy? Because that's probably the first big thing is like, why are you and your family in Italy in the first place inside of a quarantine?
1: Okay. So I'm going to tell you the craziest story. Um, <laughs> cause the craziest story is the true craziest story is the way things happen in life. I was on a plane flight home from Topeka, Kansas, back to New York city, where I've lived for 18 years until I moved here. And it was about two years ago on that flight. You know sometimes when you get on a plane, you don't really want to talk to the person next to you? Have you ever had that experience? Uh,
0: Absolutely. Every flight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So normally I have a routine, right? I put my earphones in, I open my laptop, and and I just, I kind of like do my own thing on plane flights. Well, I sit down on this plane, it's a morning flight. I'm coming back from where my company is based in Topeka, Um, it's a financial service company. And the guy next to me looks at me and he, he orders himself a double scotch. It's like nine o'clock in the morning, and I go, "Oh my god, this is gonna be a long flight," and and he says, and he he turns to me and he says, "So, what do you do?" <laughs>
0: You're like and
1: and I you know, and one of the fastest ways, by the way, to shut down a conversation on a plane flight is tell somebody you're in the retirement planning business. (laughs) Because because if you do that, even though it's true in my case, they they assume you're gonna turn around and sell them insurance or something, right? So I literally turn to this guy and I go, you know what? I'm in the retirement planning business. And he goes, You are? Let me show you something. And he turns around and he opens up his phone and he shows me this retirement calculus and on the calculator on this app it says it shows him retiring in 52 days he says i'm retiring he's got a southern accent he says i'm retiring in 52 days and it shows 52 days in like 18 hours and three minutes and i go wow I go, how old are you he goes i'm i'm gonna be i'm 55 I'm and i go huh and I don't really. I'm, okay, well, I don't really want to continue the conversation because let me ask you a question: What are you excited about in your future? And we proceed to have this conversation together. And ultimately, where this goes, Rachel, is I open up my computer because I'm a huge journaler like I know you are I'm just mm-hmm. I've I've spent 30 years of my life journaling out my dreams and manifesting my destiny in my life and writing out my fears everything you can possibly do in a journal I've done and I open up my laptop for my online journal and I start asking myself a question which is what do I want to do in my life going forward that could be fun and I proceed to, I should show you this journal sometime, Rachel. I proceed to write out this entire long design of my life two years from this time frame in which I would take my family to live abroad so that the family could have a transformational experience, specifically so my senior, my, my oldest son, my, my son, Jack, who's now a sophomore, we could live abroad as a family before he goes to college. And I proceed to come home from that plane flight and in bed tell my wife, hey, honey, I have this, I have this, cra- I have this crazy idea, right? But she's heard me say a million times. Mm-hmm. And I, she goes, oh, my God, what is it now? And I go, well, what do you think of the idea of us going to live abroad in two years when Jack's a sophomore? And she just starts going through all the reasons why, you know, this probably can't work. Long story short, we work on the plan. And over two years, we design our life so that we can go and move abroad for my son's sophomore year. And in the process, I'm writing this book, The Latte Factor. And in The Latte Factor, I'm designing this radical sabbatical for the main character, who's Zoe Daniels, who's a millennial. And she takes a mini sabbatical and and does that for a period of like six weeks. And in my my life, I was designing a one-year sabbatical. So we moved to Florence, Italy back in July and the plan had been to be here a year. And Now I think <laughs> now we're gonna stay longer. But the, that was the original plan: is we would come here for the school year, and we would live this incredible radical sabbatical as a family, and we would expose our family to living abroad and living in Europe and seeing the world and getting out of the out of the bubble that we've been living in, which has been Manhattan. So that was the idea. Uh, it's funny we've made so many friends here, and I just had one of my Florentine friends reach out to me literally like two hours ago and say. So I'm curious, what's it been like for you being an American who picked up and moved to Florence, Italy, and now you're stuck in in your house and you can't leave, right? But it's been incredible. We've loved living here. I love Italy. Um, It's been such an incredible experience. And we're in love with the people and we're in love with the place. And the crazy thing is being here for the quarantine, as I was telling you before we started recording this podcast... um, We've seen the coronavirus unfold, I guess, early in a way, like China obviously had it first in South Korea, but um, this was the first country to be quarantined. So it's been like living in a time machine because as I see what's happening in the States. I've kind of been able to like tell my friends, like, guys, this is what's coming, right? Because everything in the U.S. is going through, we've gone through it four weeks ago or three weeks ago or two weeks ago. And it really is like a Back to the Future movie because we're watching what's going on in the U.S. right now, and it's like, oh yeah, we saw that four weeks ago. Yeah. So that's part of me wanting to do the podcast with you too because we've learned a lot going through this quarantine, and um, and it's been helpful. Like I just put a podcast out on my own show and listen to podcasts because I think people having an insight into what is coming super helpful to prepare for what you're about to experience.
0: Yeah. And I the there's two really interesting. I mean, all sorts of perspectives that you bring to this. But one is that you are in Italy. And I feel like it's important to say we're recording this on Wednesday, the 25th, uh, because it feels to me like time is so fast. Uh, we had a we had a podcast that I recorded a couple weeks ago when this all started happening, talking about as a CEO what were the steps that I was taking to make sure that you know everyone was safe and that our company was healthy when this all of that stuff. And by the time it aired six days later, it already felt like old news. So completely, what I want people to hear is one that you're speaking a little bit from our future, right? So you've, you've walked (laughs) through this a few weeks or four weeks ago, like you said, and also you bring this decades and decades and decades of work in the financial industry and what this means for us financially, which is what I really want to dig into today, because so many people are so anxious about what's happening. And we knew that you could bring um, really incredible perspective to, uh, to what we're all thinking.
1: Well, it's my pleasure, and I think it, you know it is really surreal to me because I was with your husband, Dave, in Puerto Rico just
0: a little over a month ago. <laughs> Which is right? crazy. And like, it's crazy.
1: And, and even just for context, I came back from our mastermind that our good friend Brendan Burchard put on. That was February 10th. When I landed on February 10th, um, they were checking at the airport every single person getting off the plane. So I got off the plane having no idea why they were even checking. I, there were a few people who were Chinese on our plane with masks on. And I was like, huh, they must be there to check the Chinese. Well, no, they were checking every single person getting off the plane to see if you had a temperature. And there was a dozen people in full blown medical garb. And I came home to my wife and I said, that's really weird, but they're checking everybody coming off the plane. And that was February 10th. And you know, if you just go back like a little over a month ago, we still weren't thinking anything of it. I mean, we went off and had our ski break with winter break with all the other Italian families, and we were in Alta Badia, the Dolomites skiing, which ultimately became a hotbed of where a lot of people got sick. Um, but, you know, when we were there, nobody was really even barely discussing the coronavirus. This is like about four weeks ago. And the word was just getting out that there was like a thousand people that were sick, and it was in some small towns in, in – you know, the north of, um, of Italy. And I had even just been in, I had been in, I had just been in Venice with my wife for Valentine's day. So I was in Venice in the beginning of carnival. And then all of a sudden Venice got closed and Milan got closed and all these other towns got closed. And then very quickly, like in a period of a week, it went from, you know, you, you really shouldn't be going out to no, 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 we're shutting everything down and you're staying home. And that week, Prior to us being quarantined, and again, just to kind of give the context and give insight around this, because this is only going back like three weeks ago, we were still going out three weeks ago. We were going out to the, you know, the tourists had all left, but we were still going to restaurants and bars, and things were still open. They were becoming empty, but they were still open. And then it was the 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 rules were given like you know this was Tuesday this is like 15 days ago, okay this is it guys Tuesday everybody needs to be home by six o'clock everything's going to be shut on Wednesday except for grocery stores and pharmacies, and we went home so that's 15 days ago, and then in like a day later, everything was shut down, and and still though I think there was like denial if you like there was denial leading sure. all the way up to that point Rachel. And then, truthfully, I think even maybe more for the Americans and the expats than the Italians, there was still a sense of people were still kind of going out. We were were out walking. We were allowed to exercise. People were getting together and going on walks. And then the Italian families were like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Um, The whole point of this is to stay home because you can still get each other sick. And the, the, the difference with Italy, at least, what I've seen here is it's very much about a we culture, not a me culture. And people were really worried about their parents getting sick because so many families live with their parents. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about, can I get sick or will the economy go down? It's about, will our parents die? So what I saw very quickly here in the last two weeks is that everyone started taking it really seriously. And then the government started making it really clear, like, no, you're not supposed to be going out for walks with your friends <laughs> you're not supposed to be socializing with just what you know people start going well we'll just socialize with one family no 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 you're not supposed to be socializing with one family you're not supposed to be having somebody come over to cut your hair right like <laughs> all these things like it's like you know no the cleaning lady can't come yeah, over like yeah um you know I just posted a picture of me on Instagram mopping my floors today and yep. I, I I said you know. Even eight days ago, Rachel, we were, we were still being dumb. We were like, we still had a, we still had a person coming over to our house eight days ago yeah, cleaning. And I turned to my wife and said, you know, we, we I mean, we, we just need to pay her, you know, and take care of her, but we can't have her coming over here. Like she needs to be home with her family. And also we don't know where else she's been. And the whole point is nobody's supposed to be over here.
0: Yeah. I, it's so, funny. I, I'll be straight up with you. I cleaned all the toilets in my house. It's the first time I've done that in a decade. I did that this weekend. Because mm. that was the first thing. We were like, we're same as you. It's just so we, hey, we have to be really conscious. We need to keep everybody safe. We're going to cover expenses here because we don't want anybody to be in trouble or hurting. But at the same time, we can't have people coming in and out of the house. So um, I and, – and, and to be honest with you, having to clean has been a gift because – I can't be on social media right now. I can't. It makes me feel anxious. You know, I have to be really thoughtful with what I consume. So I'm like, all right, I'm scrubbing toilets. I'm mopping floors. I'm doing – I know I sound a little bit cheesy, but it actually has been a bit of a saving grace to have something to do with my hands and sort of to feel that sense of accomplishment and having done a good job, even if it's not what my normal life looks like. So,
1: all right, yeah. I'll just completely geek out with you on cleaning right now, Rachel. Because <laughs> I swear, I just cleaned these floors in our in our house. They're the cleanest they have ever been. Right? And the, I know. And, and, and the kids were watching me do this, and I was, and and I, and I said, I, I literally just said to my children, I said, "Do you want to know how your dad knows how to mop these floors so well?" And my son Jack goes yeah, dad, how do you know how to mop so well? I said, because when I was your age and I wanted money for gas, my dad said, you want money for gas, son, go get a job. <laughs> and the job that my first job, I was a janitor at a place called Miramani Gardens, where I every day mopped the clubhouse and vacuumed. And so I'm like, wow, who knew that that life skill could it was come, back. come back? But-
0: <laughs> yes, totally.
1: But you know what? It is good. And I think it's, you know, and I'm making the kids learn how to do this stuff too. They're, they're now learning how to clean out the toilets.
0: Yeah.
1: But I, and this is probably not what we thought we would talk about on a podcast, but it's real life. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think a big part of this too is learning how to work through this time versus worry. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways to work through the anxiety that we all have both personally and financially. And so I know, you know, for me, you know, We're human beings, but we're also human doings. And so, you know, staying home right now, there's so much, there's so many positive things that I feel like have come out of these last two weeks. And it's really finding, finding for yourself, I I say the meaning and the message in what can seem like a mess. Yeah. Cuz let's be honest for so many people right now this is, for all of us this is a mess to a certain degree and for for many people this is just a brutal mess especially financially. Yeah. I mean as we have seen just in Italy alone where everything's shut down and I and we've gotten to know a lot of the people who have the businesses around us and many of the businesses around us in Italy they're like second, third, fourth Fourth generation businesses, right? They've never cl- like 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 the little pl- like restaurant, coffee shop next to, next to our apartment area. It's a fourth generation business that has not shut its doors in fifty three years.
0: Wow!
1: And, and you know when all these people's businesses have to shut down, they have no income, mm-hmm. and that's happening for millions of people all over the world right now. So. Um it is a scary time so I think you know what one thing I definitely want to do on the, on this interview talk with you is also give people solutions on like what are things that you can do because I do think we can come out of this stronger and I really believe that we can thrive through this time versus just survive through this time.
0: Yes. So tell us some of the things. What is if you're listening to this right now and you are stay-at-home mama or the CEO of your own company like what are some things that we can do to alleviate the financial anxiety that so many of us have.
1: Okay. Well, let me give you, I'm, I'm somebody, when I listen to podcasts, I like to take notes myself. So let me give you like eight specific things. Can I, can I give that many Absolutely. things on your podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like, do it. Let's let, let, let's give you guys eight specific things. So I, I actually did the first one, but let me explain what it was. The first thing you need to do, I think through this time is work versus worry. Um, you need to find the meaning in the mess and the message in the mess and so as I start to go through the next seven things, which are like really about taking action, it's recognizing that it, right this time right now when you're home, when you're quarantined with your family, when you're not working, you just said it yourself, like you can be on social media and on the news all day long right now, and you can just be really drowning yourself in other people's fear and anxiety, yes. which which can make your own fear and anxiety worse. So coming up with your own plan to work versus worry through this time. So I'll just tell you what I've been doing and then coaching our clients on. Um, the first thing I had to do, and this is really the second thing I would recommend you do, is I think you need to face we need to, you need to face your fear, right? So the worst advice that I've heard people say during this time is, don't panic. <laughs> Which is very common advice, especially yeah. with markets, right? Like the yeah. markets have gone down 30%, 35%. Depending on when you listen to this, maybe, they'll, maybe it'll be back up a little bit. But it's very easy to say, don't panic. And it's very easy to tell the people around you, by the way, don't panic. The problem is when you say to someone, don't panic, what's the first thing they want to do?
0: Panic. <laughs> you want to panic? That's why it's the
1: worst advice, yeah. right? It's almost like when you go and say to your partner, "Honey, you need to calm down." Yeah. Right? I was how how'd that work for you last time you tried that? That never works, right? If I ever tell Alicia she needs to calm down, I, I've just done the exact opposite. So you, I don't believe that you should tell yourself, "Don't panic." I think you need to face your fear. And what I I can tell you when this first hit. Rachel and it was like reality like okay we're we're in a quarantine now and we can't leave Italy and our friends had already left Um, I had the first day I was really fearful and so what I do when I have fear and I basically work on this almost every day if I'm having fear is I journal and I know you're a huge believer in journaling Mm -hmm. and you you've been coaching people to journal for years and I've been journaling as I said earlier for three decades and so what I do, at, and I do it at night because it helps me sleep, is I just write out everything I'm afraid of. And so when this whole thing started happening and, you know, what are the things I'm afraid I'm afraid of getting sick. I'm afraid of the market collapsing. I'm afraid of my businesses being destroyed. All the different things that I can be afraid of, just writing them out longhand, not on my computer, but actually in a physical journal, that process of writing out my fears helps me reduce my fears. That's so so I strongly recommend that you write out your fears. They when you write your fears out, you actually just aside from the fact that I think you'll actually just physically feel yourself in a better place. A lot of what you write, at least for me, if I'll write if I write it out on black and white paper, some of it starts to look either a, it looks kind of ridiculous because mm-hmm. it's not all it's usually not always true what I'm afraid of, or B, I can start to see an action plan on how I can fix the problem.
0: Yes. Right. And, that, and that would be something I would say, too, if you're a first-time journaler and this is maybe not something you've done before, I would highly suggest you give yourself a time limit for journaling. Mean Not limit, um, like a minimum. So I would say like half an hour. And I have to sit here and I have to journal about my fears or my anxieties or my plans for at least half an hour because what new journalers do is they'll write for about four minutes and feel like that's all the things they have inside them and stop. And I think the magic happens when you force yourself to sit there and wait and wait, and you're not allowed to get up until your time's up. And after a few minutes, you start to unpack more and more. And I just feel like your, your subconscious starts to release things that wouldn't be there if you didn't make yourself sit in that space for a certain period of time.
1: Oh, I totally agree. And I find usually it's page two, page three where the real stuff comes out. Yep. But all I can tell you, doing that, look, for myself, has been incredibly helpful these last 15 days. And it's even just interesting to go back and see what what was I afraid of two weeks ago versus what I'm afraid of now. It's different stuff. So th- that's number two. It's facing your fears and journaling it out. The third thing is that you – and this is going to be where we talk about money and get really specific. You need survival capital. Um, I in my books I always refer to this as emergency cash, but you basically need to be thinking about this as like, you know people keep talking about these survivor kits you need. It's like you know what you need you need survivor capital. You need, you need to have money set aside in case of emergency purposes. And obviously we are already in the emergency. The, the time to have emergency capital would have been before this happened. But for many people right now, you've got to be building up your reserves both for your business and for your personal life. Um, I don't th- this is unlike anything that we've ever experienced. This is this is beyond what we experienced if you were around for the recession, the mortgage meltdown in 2007-2008. This is much beyond that. This is beyond the dot com boom. This is this is an this time we are going through is really an unprecedented time in global history when it comes to finances and, and the economy. And people are, are unfortunately, so many of us are just unprepared. I mean, going into this, the statistics in the US were that six out of 10 people, Rachel, could not get their hands on $1,000 in case of an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and I talked about this on the yeah. last podcast we did. When I wrote the book, The Latte Factor, it was getting people to start saving just $10 a day to prepare for a rainy day. And the rainy days here. So you really need to be focused on survivor capital for yourself and your business. And in order to get this survivor capital, because people can be like, well, how do I get money now if I'm not working? Right. Or, or if my business is down 50% already, which so many businesses are, well, what do I do now? And that's, you know, where I go to sort of step number four is that you need to find your money. So specifically, and I, Again, I've talked about this in books like Smart Women Finish Rich or Smart Couples Finish Rich. When I talk about finding your money, I don't mean you're going to go underneath your couch pillows and look for change. I mean, you literally got to go find where is every single dollar going out right now Mm -hmm. this second. Like if you were going to go do anything after this podcast is over, here's what I would want you to go do. I want you to go pull out your last two bank statements and every single credit card statement you've got. And I want you to go through these bank statements for the last two months and every credit card statement, any way in which cash is going out of your pocket, both personally and for business. And now you've got to go through those expenses and you need to do a, a money makeover on yourself, at, but you need to do it like it's not yourself. So that means that you've got to look at where all the money's going so that you can start to eliminate expenses. And aside from the old school way way of doing this, like I want you to take out the statements and I want you to look at your credit cards. I then want you old school, go take out a, a little yellow highlighter and a pen. I want you to highlight every single expense on checking and on your credit cards that is not an absolute critical must have expense. So right now, now it's like, this is the emergency time. You've gotten into the lifeboat. You're not taking the lifeboat a blow dryer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. You're taking in the lifeboat yourself and your children. <laughs> that's what goes in the lifeboat. Yeah. When you look at your expenses, you look at your expenses right now and you go, you know what? What if you aren't able to work for the next six months? Mm-hmm. Then anything that's in here that's not absolutely positively critical needs to get cut. Now here's the thing: I people are going to say, "Well, if everybody goes and does this, it's going to lead to a recession." Folks, we're already in a recession. Yeah, we're there. We're there. It may not have been, you know, it may not have been officially categorized that yet, but we're in a recession, and we're going to, you know, typically recessions recover in two years. I have, I believe, look, we'll recover from this. This too shall pass. We'll come through this, but you've got to prepare your family. Now you, you need to work through the worry, and the, and so to work through the f- worry kind of takes me to step number five, which is you got to go cut those expenses. You got to be proactive. So you're taking notes, cut your expenses. I just told you take out the yellow highlighter and the pen, and you've got the numbers in front of you. Well, that was the part about finding your money. Now you have to pick up the phone and call and cancel things. So now you got to actually pick up the phone. I would make a top ten list of things you're going to cut, and I'd I'd sit down and I'd go through them through these things with your family and your partner and i would say okay these are the, these are the expenses i think we need to get rid of and i'd call every one of those companies and i'd either i'd either i'd either end it i'd cut them i'd end them or i'd go back and i'd renegotiate and for god's sakes, you shouldn't be paying for things that you're not using like people are paying for gym memberships right now that they're not using obviously yeah. they can't go to the gym yes so anything that you're not using you should you should <laughs> stop it and then you need to also go back and renegotiate everything. So, you know, businesses, you should be renegotiating terms on everything right now. We are. Including, we are so including, doing including, that. Right? Including yep. rent. I mean, I've been coaching my my, my my entrepreneur class. Like, look, landlords hate this, and I, you hate it if you're a landlord, but guess what? Landlords would rather keep you than lose you. So you can go back and renegotiate your rent on your apartment. You might be able to renegotiate your rent on your home if you're renting. You can renegotiate your rent on your lease. I mean,
0: everything right now is basically up for
1: renegotiation.
0: Mm -hmm. And I would say, too, I really want to make sure that people heard this piece, which was for the next six months. I think, you know, we're we're behind you guys two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. And I really think here in the U.S., like I'm hearing my uh, family members talk about it or friends talk about it, and they're like, in a few weeks. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is not going away in a few weeks. And I don't say that to to scare people. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be realistic. So plan on six months. Because if you plan on six months and it's only three, well, praise the Lord. Like we, great. Now we have extra that we didn't need, right? But it's better. I keep saying this over and over and over to my team. We have to prepare for rain and pack an umbrella. And if we don't end up needing it, well, great. Great. But at least we are prepared instead of thinking that it's only going to be six weeks and then four months from now, we're in trouble.
1: So let you know and let let me talk to that for a second too where I came up with the six months because it's not completely just like a number I'm throwing out randomly. So it's we're, we're recording this on March 25th. And I'll just go back to like it what's going on in Italy. So the big thing is this whole flat in the curve, right? And when and, and seeing the coronavirus uh amounts drop. And we actually in the last 3 days, two of the last 3 days, we've seen the cases here drop, but it went back up yesterday. Um We were told originally that we would be on a quarantine until April 3rd, and that's the same thing for the schools. What we're hearing, and it hasn't changed yet, but we're hearing that, and this is in Italy, we're hearing it's going to go into the middle of April or late April. But I have to be honest with you, Rachel. We also think that there's a really good chance that these schools could be closed for the rest of the school year. Yeah. And that's already happening in the US. We've I've already got US friends who the schools are, are already saying they're gonna close for the rest of school year. Mm-hmm. And the colleges have already closed. And so even if the quarantine And and again, you guys are behind us in the States, right? Like, it's just taking off in the States. Like, what happened with New York being told, like, if you've left New York, they just made this big announcement, Pence did, big announcement. If you left New York, you should self-quarantine, meaning New York City. If you left New York City, this was announced yesterday, you should self-quarantine for 14 days. Okay, what happened in New York City was completely predictable because it's exactly what happened here in Italy. What happened in Italy is that people got sick in Milan and they got sick in Venice and they started quarantining those areas. And as soon as the word got out that these quarantines were being put in place, everybody left from Milan and Venice and went south.
0: And took it with them. And so
1: that's why they quarantined the whole country. Well, all my friends in New York, you know what they all did? The moment (laughs) this started, they scattered I have friends in Manhattan that have gone to Hawaii. They've gone to Florida, St. Thomas, the Hampton. They scattered. And so this stuff is just this, this this virus is just scattered across the U.S. So I think that we will all over the country and all over the world be having these quarantines that can go into late April, May, maybe June. And then here's the challenge when these quarantines are over the light switch doesn't turn back on again overnight. Exactly. Right? Like you just don't turn around and start traveling the next day. You don't just turn around the next day and rush out to a restaurant. So um, for so many industries, the lights won't be turned on overnight. It will take a long time. It'll take months to get the machineries back in place. And so – I got to be on. like again I'm so positive about like life and 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 I believe we will come through all this. And I I said to my family like their day I said you know what, guys a year from now life will be normal again. It'll be different? Yes. It'll be a new normal. But you'll be back in school and we'll be traveling and life will return to normal and this will not kill everybody all over the world like but this is we got to this is going to be a hard 6 months. Yeah. So um you know if i go back to like cutting your expenses it's hard sometimes to cut your own expenses you need to pretend like you're doing this for a friend like look at your bills like they're not your bills look at them like you were looking at your friend's bills and you'd say oh you don't really need that do you because you would treat your friend differently than you'll treat yourself you'll be less um judgmental maybe you'll be more factual about it and then when you negotiate act like you're like if you're negotiating your rent down or you're negotiating your car lease whatever you're negotiating Act like you're negotiating for somebody else, so that you don't. Because because when you do that, you'll be less emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. So I know I've covered a lot here. Can I just talk about looking for opportunities? Of Can I give you number six? Yeah. So I think here's the thing about this, and and I and I say this from experience. I've been in the investment business now since 1993 these kind of horrible situations even though i told you this is very you know unlike anything else that's ever happened before the reality is these type of things come about every every 10 to 20 years in one way or another they're called a the black swan event black swan events are things that come out of nowhere they're not expected and they completely change the whole world's economy we're living through a black swan event you know if you're not retiring tomorrow the market being put on sale by 30 or 35% is an incredibly good thing. If you're funding your 401k plan, which I hope you are, now's the time to increase your 401k plan. Now's the time to fund your IRA account. They're gonna push back tax returns until July 15th. You now have an ex you now have extra time to fund your retirement account for last year. This is a great time to fund college savings plans, like 529 plans. This is a great time to actually be learning how to think about investing in times like this. But you have a lot of moms that listen to your podcast and dads and realize that this can be a chance for you to teach your children how to see opportunity in this time right now.
0: Yeah, I would say that that's probably the question that we're getting most right now is people are asking us, are you talking to your kids about this? And how are you talking to your kids about this? And the it, the really interesting thing about that to me, bless bless everyone who's asked that question, if you have a child who is consuming any kind of media, your kids know this is happening. So you have to be in conversation with them because otherwise they're getting all of their information from the world or maybe they're hearing about it from their friends. And so we have talked to our kids about this, from the beginning in, hey, we have to cancel our family trip, which was really disappointing to little kids who don't understand the whys and trying to explain it to them or um, not being able to have the stuff that they would like to have from the grocery store. We're right now we're like we're eating whatever the grocery store has. We don't get to pick and choose, which I also (laughs) think is a really beautiful lesson for kids. But they're they're more aware than ever of what's happening in the world. And we don't talk to them from a place of fear we don't, we're just, Hey guys, this is what's going on. And let's look for the positive in this. We get to hang out so much more. We're doing so much more as a family. We're going to be mindful of others. Like we will find joy in the season. Cause that's a family value and a company value for us. And so that's what we're doing. But of course you have to talk to your kids. Of course you do.
1: Your kids, uh, you do. And I mean, it's funny, it would never even occur to me to not talk to your kids about this. Um, I mean, our kids are living it, especially because we're here in Italy. But how, I don't. today there's no way you can shelter your kids from this experience. The question becomes, what message will they take away? Yes. And I think, um, you know, I've talked about the fact that this is a time that you can have connection with the people you love, even if you're not with them. Right. So we've been doing these Zoom um aperitivo aperitivo is like cocktail hour here like and we've been doing these these family zoom get-togethers at night um where we literally have like appetizers and wine or, or 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 water whatever it is but we're just we're getting together with two or three families at night online and we're just talking like online like we're together and at first my friend and our kids were like why are you guys doing that and we're like because it's really nice to have connection yeah and then we're and then we started saying like and you know you guys can be a part of this too but you guys should be doing this with you you know with your friends too well they're already doing that right and and but sometimes they are doing it through video games and, and and we're like you know what like james like james yes i know you can't go over to andrew's but you can make a a zoom date with andrew mm-hmm. and so we're, we're really encouraging our kids to keep the connection going and then we're and then again i i just think the kids need to to learn the let the lesson and the gift that this too shall pass. Like yes. when I think about the greatest gift, I think my dad's given me. My dad's still alive, thankfully, and he's eighty and the, he's almost eighty. Dad and Marty Bach, I love you, and I'm so sad because I'm not able to go back and be out for his birthday because of of not being able to travel. And but my dad gave me the gift of when the times got tough, he would say, you know, this too shall pass. And it really got in, embedded into my soul. And he got that from, I think, his father. And teaching your kids that this too shall pass, that we're not going to be in these dark times forever, and that there's a beauty in it. Like, I keep, we do a positive focus at night. And I've always done this. But we do, like, what's the highlight? What's the best part of your day? And to, now what we're doing at dinner is not just, like, what's the best part of your day, but who is someone that we can give thanks to today? And, and specifically, like, like today, let's, like, I, like last night, I'm like, let's be thankful to all the nurses that are getting up and risking their life today. All over the world, there are moms and dads, sisters and brothers, best friends. They're leaving their house. They're risking their life, going to work to save other people. Yes. So while we stay home and, yeah, we can't go out, how lucky are we that these incredible human beings are out there doing that? And and like that's a really important conversation to have, and they get dinner versus just like oh, can you believe so and so did this politically? Um, because you can spend the whole time at dinner just being negative, and then your kids just get all that negative energy, and that's what they take away from this. And I don't want that to be the thing that my kids leave this quarantine experience from.
0: Yeah, I was last night. I was making dinner, and I thought uh, a big part of something that's helping me right now when I feel any sort of negative emotion is visualizing. I want to visualize, I, I visualize, you know, this about me, my listeners know Hawaii is my favorite place in the whole world. And it was it was disappointing to not get to go. That's like the least of the problems in the world right now, but it was one of those things where I had, you know, I'm sure you've done those sprints with work where you're like, okay, I'm going to just kill it for three months, but then I get to go lay on this beach. And that was a light at the end of the tunnel, and it didn't get to happen. And so I've been visualizing, you know, sitting on that beach and going to my favorite restaurant on Oahu and just doing these things that I really, like I just keep visualizing someday in the future this will be, what your life looks like. And I was making dinner last night and I thought, I'm going to be sitting around with my kids 10 years from now. And for some reason, the coronavirus is going to come up. And I'm going to ask my kids what their memories were of our family during that time. And I want them to talk about family bike rides and swimming in the pool and that we ate to dinner as a family every night and we played board games and we did, I, I want, man, is it possible for them to remember this time is like weird, but also that we grew closer as a family and that's their memory of this and how I choose to spend every single day and how I show up as a parent and a leader in my family determines what my kids will talk about 10 years from now.
1: Com- completely. I, I mean, you're giving me chills because I, I so agree with you and it is, this is our chance and our opportunity as parents and human beings to lean into each other right now. Yes. You know, to lean in and not lean out. Um, I just started a, a, a family yoga retreat <laughs> just like an online, it's an online 20, 21 day yoga course. Right. So I'm like, guys, we're going to do this all together. And oh, dad, come on, seriously. Yeah. You know, so like we're on day three right now and I'm still, I'm, I'm like the little cheerleader in my house and I know I can be annoying at times, but I think it's, you know, it's good. And I think you have to, you have as we walk around Florence right now, I, I keep saying to my kids and I keep encouraging them to take pictures. I'm like, guys, you will never, ever in the rest of your life Get to see Florence, Italy, like it is today. There's yeah. nobody out. Yeah. You'll never ever in the rest of your life. Like what we're experiencing, we live right outside the Ponte Vecchio. We're 200 yards from the center of Italy, wow. the center of Florence. Like there's nobody out. So when, even when you just walk to the grocery store, like you can see the line at the grocery store. You can look around and realize, like you're in one of the most beautiful Renaissance cities in the entire world. There's no people out. You'll never get to experience this again. And just having them stop and take in the beauty of their surroundings, and notice the air is cleaner, the water's cleaner, and notice the calmness, and hear the birds. Like I just, the, there's 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 an, an incredible amount of beauty and serenity, oddly enough, in this quarantine time. Um, I don't think it was expected, but it's there if you if you choose to
0: see it. Absolutely, David Bach. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time and doing this on a. I know you're far ahead of me over there, um, both literally with what's happening with the quarantine, but also in hours of the day. And I appreciate you making the time to to share your message. And um, it makes me feel peaceful. It makes me feel more peaceful talking to you. And it uh, and it always does. Um, I feel like so many things seem unsure, and as Much as there are answers we don't have in the season, we do have history of situations like this, not the same circumstances, but things that have happened before. And when it comes to what's going on, at least financially, there are markers in history that will show us what to expect next and when... At n- maybe not exactly the time that this all starts to shift and change in the other direction, but history will show us again and again and again that we will rise, that it will come back. Um, Dave was telling me that you had sent, I think, I don't know if it was a social post or if you had sent a text at your grocery store.
1: I posted pictures of how our grocery stores are completely full.
0: Yeah. And Wait, it was yes.
1: interesting because, you know, we've heard about all, all these people panicking in the U S and buying toilet paper and clearing out the stores. And so I posted our grocery store where it's just like a normal day. Yeah. And interestingly enough, that, that post on Instagram got like the most comments we've had in like months. People were like, oh, and but then, and then people started posting pictures of their grocery stores, not just in the US, but the UK and Australia where people were panicking. And my point with the post was to show people like, you don't have to go crazy right now. Like yeah. in Italy, they, the, the Italian government said, don't don't be scared. You don't need to go rush and buy all this stuff. We're going to keep stocking in the stores yeah. and just buy what you need. And so people have really done that. There hasn't been this panic buying. And so the stores are normal. Um, but you know, I think going back to like what you just said, I just like, we have every time there's been a downturn like this, Rachel, we've always recovered. And, and by the way, I will tell people who, especially Americans, because there's going to be so much, there's so much political discourse in America right now. At the end of the day, America always comes through these things stronger. And we as a world are going through this now together. We're going to come out of this stronger. These markets will ultimately recover. They may not recover in 30 or 60 or 90 days, but three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, I would bet on the world to recover and the first place that will recover financially will be America. It always is. So if you're investing in good solid American companies, if you're paying yourself first, you're using your retirement account. Don't give up on these things. Don't give up on the like for instance the dream of home ownership. You know, it's one of the most important things you can do is buy a home, pay it off early and buy another one, and there are gonna be incredible opportunities to buy real estate going forward in the next six to 12 months. Like, so there are millions and millions of millennials where this will be their opportunity to finally buy a home. And uh, it's ironic, but we started working on a program five months ago, um, an online course on how to go from renting to buying your first home. We had no idea this was coming, Um, but we're actually gonna be able to launch that course. It's a free course and we're gonna launch that, I think in about two weeks. And the reason why it's such a unique time to go from renting to buying a home is that rates are the lowest we've seen in just years, and there are going to be less people out running to buy houses right now. So, sellers who need to sell, this is going to be a great time to negotiate for good prices. And also, for people who own homes, it's a great time to refinance and lower your debt. Uh, Wall Street Journal just did an article recently that said the average American, there are 11.5 million people right now. This was two weeks ago, so there's probably more now. There are 11.5 million people two weeks ago that could refinance their home and save over $260 a month on their mortgage payments, and that's $100,000, nearly in interest payments over the life of a mortgage. So I didn't even go into this. We could do another podcast later, Rachel. But like, when it comes time to to renegotiate things, your debt is one of the most important things to renegotiate. And with rates now being at an all-time low and the Fed lowering these rates to zero, all your debt should be renegotiated right now. Your mortgage debt, your student loan debt, your car debt, credit card debt, everything right now can be renegotiated to a lower rate. And that can help you go back to building up that survival capital I was talking about earlier.
0: I love that. David, if people want to find out about that course or learn more about you or get your wisdom, where can they find you online and where should they follow you on social?
1: Oh, Rachel, thank you. Well, c- come on over to com and on davidbach.com right at the top of the website, there's like a little opt-in box that you can put in your email and, um, a couple of things are on the website there too. We'll give you the, there's like a 40 page workbook from Smart Women Finish Rich you can download. But once you're in our opt in spot, you'll get our newsletter when it goes out. That's where we announce our podcast. That's where we'll announce the course. And then I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Those are the two primary spots. But come on over and definitely come over to com. We will, we expect to launch that course. Like I said, it's probably next two to three weeks, and it will be free. It's a five-day program, and it's not just also about buying a home. It's about how to get the best deal on your savings accounts at the bank, how to protect your credit score right now, because that's going to be critical during this time, how to increase your credit score, and then how to go from renting to buying a home, and how to refinance your home if you already own one. So all those things can help a whole lot of people.
0: Awesome. Hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. And we are um, continuing to send prayers and good vibes in the direction of you and your family and just um, hoping hoping that those numbers are going to start to go down and then not pop back up for you, because I know that that's something everyone's praying for right now.
1: Thank you. Well, you too. And give that super sexy husband of yours a big hug (laughs) for me. I will. Tell my... (laughs) <laughs> Tell him I said hello. I will. I loved doing the interview with him. I'm so excited for him and his new book. Um, I've been promoting that to my community. And uh, Get Out of Your Own Way is just such a great book. And I know you just hit the New York Times with list. So, by the way, is he super excited?
0: He is so excited. He was very, he was honestly very sad that he had to cancel his tour, but it has been like, it's bitter, but it's also sweet. It's a bittersweet time to have launched a book and he has really enjoyed the response from the community. So it's been great.
1: It's awesome. Well, you guys are amazing and I appreciate the relationship with you and it's been fun to catch up. I look forward to talking to you again.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Hey guys, as promised, here's a sneak peek of this week's exclusive teaching all about perspective. This is from a 45 minute video class that I gave away for free as part of our challenge. So if you like what you hear, there's a link in the show notes of this episode where you can sign up to get all access to all the things absolutely free as well as the next 14 weeks of content as part of our next 90 days challenge. You can also visit theholliscode.com and click next 90 days to find out all of the information and join our community of hundreds of thousands of people who feel just like you feel and are ready to do the thing that is going to make them stronger on the other side of this. Remember, no matter what happens, we are always stronger together. Now, here's the class on perspective hey guys welcome to week one of our next 90 days challenge i am rachel hollis and i am going to be teaching on the topic that i feel like is most important for all of us right now and that is perspective you are the one who gets to decide what this season will mean whether you're watching this and you're single married dating, whether you're a mama, whether you're a daddy, whoever you are, you get to choose how you lead out in this season. We're going to talk about it later on in our series, but I believe that every single one of you is a leader, whether you own a company or a business leader or just a leader, whether you own a company or a business leader or are a leader in your family or your community or with your friends, you are leading right now. And there are other people who are influenced by you who are watching the way that you lead in the season. And so I want to teach you the question that changed my life. And I want to teach you the perspective that I choose and that I've chosen every day for years and years and years. It all wraps around this thought. Is life happening to you or is life happening for you? Is life happening to you or is it happening for you? Is there a way that even the hard things can be for us? Is there a way that this crisis can be for us? And when I say this, I always tick people off. People get really angry because nobody likes to think of the hard things as being for us because it falls into this idea that you ever heard people say. You ever heard someone say, "Everything happens for a reason." I naively used to say everything happens for a reason. Before my brother died I used to say everything happens for a reason and it was only because I had never walked through something horrific enough for that statement to be blown wide apart because I don't think there was a reason that my brother was born schizophrenic and I don't think that there was a reason that I had to see what I saw that day. And I don't think that there's a reason that some of you are hurting. And I don't think that there's a reason that you lost your job. And I don't think that there's a reason that people all over the globe are terrified and dying and running out of resources. I don't think that there's a reason. But I think that there's meaning in what is happening to us always. Even if there's not a reason that these things happened. I do think that it is possible to find meaning even in the hard times. And so the perspective that I choose is how is this for me? How is this for me and how is this for my family? By choosing that as the defining narrative in my life that I believe that this is all for me somehow, it means that I force myself to look for meaning even in the hard things. Y'all, I run a company where a huge portion of our revenue is in the live event space. I throw conferences, that's a big part of what we do as a company. And there are a lot of people on our team who count on us making money in the live event space in order for us to still be in business. Likewise, I know there are people watching this right now who own coffee shops and salons and you were a dentist, you are a dentist and you are a chiropractor and you own businesses right now that don't have the luxury of being virtual. And you're scrambling right now trying to figure out how do I have enough revenue? How do I have enough cash to take care of these people? How do I keep the doors open when we're not allowed legally to keep the doors open because everyone's in quarantine? Because I have the mindset of how can this be for me, I immediately ask myself, immediately, how do we shift? How do we pivot? What do we do to make sure that everyone's going to be okay? And I sat in my office, you know, two, three weeks ago now, I sat in my office and peed my pants and wanted to cry and had to pray a lot and just started brainstorming. Okay, what, what can I do? And and what else? And what? Let's think outside the box and let's think bigger. And what does this mean? And how can we show up for our community, right? This idea of next 90 days came from me sitting in my office going, okay, What are they gonna need? More than ever, they're gonna need accountability because I'm gonna need accountability. More than ever, they're gonna need weekly lessons because I need those weekly lessons. More than ever, they're gonna need someone pouring into them because man, I need someone pouring into me. So ideas came out of that. We came up with the idea of doing our first ever virtual conference, which we never, in a million years, we never would have been able to do that if we hadn't had this situation. I would never have called my friends and said, hey guys, I need you to band together with me. These people need a good word. And frankly, our company needs to still have some kind of revenue. And so we got to band together. We got to do these things." I got creative. That wouldn't have happened if I wasn't thinking, how is this for me? And right now, if you're sitting in a place of fear and uncertainty, you've got to switch right now and start thinking, how can this be for me? Look, I have for two years, complained to my friends and complained to my husband and said that all I want is to be at home with my family. All I want is to be able to be present at home and to make more dinners and to sit around the table and to play games and I got my wish. I'm gonna challenge you right now how many people are watching me right now and you're complaining about the fact that you're at home with your kids. And you're complaining about the fact that you can't go anywhere. And you are the same person who a month ago was complaining about how how all they wanted was rest. And how all they wanted was to be present. And how all they wanted was, was this craving of not having to travel so much. Now you got it. And all you can focus on is the fear of the unknown instead of appreciating what could be for you even in this mess. Right? You get to choose how you view this time. You get to. I hope that you find it helpful, and I really hope that you will share it. I hope you will take a screenshot of yourself right now doing this, or you will take a picture of it and you will put it on social media. We are doing this completely for free, but our goal is that a million people do it with us because we feel like the ripple effects of one million people all around the globe choosing joy and choosing gratitude and choosing to own their perspective would help us globally. So that's all I ask. All I ask out of this experience is that if you find it helpful, um, you'll talk about it to your friends and your family and um, make it a group thing. Maybe you make it like a book club. And after you do this session, you connect with your friends and, and you talk about what you learn.